We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Nablus, and with me today is producer and co-founder Brian Goins. So the intro to our song definitely says jingle all the way if you if you hum it in your head. Yes, no, it, it does. does. It. Is it Christmas? It's Christmas theme? Theme, for sure. We stole it. Should we get a should we get a Christmas themed Miami Heapy intro? That might be fun. Let's see if we can get on that. We have production value now. We should do that. Uh, on the bottom of the screen, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, you can see our statistician at Professional Photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. Oh, how we doing? How we doing? We're doing good. I fixed the lighting in my room. Do you like it? I got. I, I feel like I got the vice lights. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? It I'm, looks I'm, good. I'm, looks looks listen, nice. I'm a streamer now. We, we do this. Uh, on the bottom left hand corner of the screen, you can see Alex Musibai. What it do, baby? You're getting better at that, by the way. I always see you me. stumble a little bit right when you get That's to the Musibai. Gives yeah, me flashbacks to like homeroom. Musibai. Oh, God, it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who's has their name fucked up all their life. Oh, I God. totally understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. it's okay. No, but you that's really good. It's Musibai or Musibai. So technically, you, you're nailing it. 
Musibai, brother. Pero so, Musibai. We, you know, here at Miami Heat, we are about, we're, the way we're going to start covering, you know, next year's team aside from free agency and all that, we're moving forward. So we're going to look at kind of what the Heat have at each kind of, because the Heat aren't positional, and really the NBA is not positional anymore. But I feel like there are kind of, you know, uh, position types, rather. So we're going to go guards, we're going to go wings, and we're going to go bigs, right? And we're kind of going to go through each of those categories in their own separate shows, and we're going to kind of talk about who should start, who should not start, how we feel about these units, and all that good stuff. And like, and, and we're going to bring you that coverage, you know, and, and with other stuff up until training camp, which starts really soon. Uh, but first, got to talk about the new uniforms. Gentlemen, how we like them now? I'm, um, I guess I, I'm gonna start with Alex. I'm not the person to, I'm not the person to ask, I guess, because like I'm, I'm grouchy and like I love the white vices the most. Those have been my favorites. The white I am vices, with you. really. Thank you. Honestly, I feel like that's a hot take because I feel there's like, nothing like the first. People love the black ones, and I love the black ones too. Like I'm all about the black vices, but the white vices, I don't know. I love a clean white uniform. That shit's awesome. I love it. Um, but Sal, they have this vice versa thing, right? And it's like very. Uh, I think Brian, you compared it in, our, in, in one of the group chats to uh, to the the, the tricks. I didn't yogurt. compare it. I saw somebody else on Twitter post oh. a picture, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, that's really what it reminded me of." I was like, there is something out there in the world that's like that looks exactly like that color scheme. What could it be? Sure enough, tricks yogurt. So, <laughs> I know Alex, you have strong opinions on this jersey. Well, look, so. The Jersey stuff, I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell, but like 85 to 90% of my wardrobe is court culture shit. Um, so I'm a, I'm a massive fan of this stuff. Uh, Christian's actually the one that rocks the jerseys more than anybody. Oh, but but I mean, I obsess over whatever new look they're going to bring out. So I was really looking forward to this year's Vice concept, thinking that it might be the last one, because let's be honest, they how many it was more the variations one. can the they make? Final. Yeah, oh, it did. is? Okay. Yes, wow. exactly. Yeah. So, you know, expectations were high. Go out, you know, in a with a bang. Um, I feel like I'm in the minority. I, I don't like it. Uh, it, it. Brian made a great point. It's something that's going to look really great on the court, on the players. Uh, I can't wear that. I'm sorry that I cannot pull that off. I don't have Tyler Hero swag. It's just not going to happen. It looks it, it's too far out for me. Uh, now, with that being said, I was also on the website at midnight, and I bought a shit ton of core culture stuff. So, <laughs> yo, those core you know, culture shirts—that who, who material is so good. It's so soft. They're the softest oh my shirt. God. It's, it's it's amazing. It's Did you get into the triple digits? Uh, I cannot say, <laughs> but I mean, you let's did. be honest. One, I buy one, one core culture shirt and you already spend like $85. I mean, come on. Yeah. You gotta help us out on that. It's, it's, they're as expensive as AOC shirts. <laughs> That's why you wait until their Cyber Monday deal the following season. So you get everything like 40% off. Like I did. Yo, Brian's king of sales. Wait, <laughs> Brian like knows every fucking back room, back door they sale. They always have two sales. Like, I swear he to God. always have two sales. One at the end of the season. And they always have one towards the beginning of the season, which end up being basically Cyber Monday this year. That's true, but the Brian core culture te- stuff goes quick. Like I, I like the alternate well, this shorts. This year actually and stuff. was a lot like, different. I felt like a lot of the stuff they had inventory for core culture was still there, at least in my size. I'm small, so maybe like the bigger sizes are out of stock. 
Yeah, man, us us people in the medium but slash large to, world, yeah. you know, we live a different they, they life. Have, right? they, they had everything on sale. Which are you really a yeah. small? I dropped down from a. No, you're well, not. I was more of a medium. Good for you, bro. I actually can wear some extra small stuff too, which is crazy. No, you can't. I don't I, believe that. that. That's like Cam Wake extra medium type looking <laughs> shirts. If you were in that, get get out of here. I'll show you. Nobody small. can get away with doing that except Cam Wake. Cam Wake, literally the only person, or, or, or someone of his. Ridiculous physique because, like, like, if Bam wears like a tight shirt, I feel like it's gonna rip apart like his fucking pecs and bice. Like, he's a huge man. Bam's enormous. Like, I don't think people realize that. Like, he's fucking huge. And yet, I don't think he could do the schmedium thing. He's not, he's not Cam Wake. Hassan can like for all the shit we gave Hassan, that dude Hassan was, could rock a schmedium. Yeah, yeah. When he, Hassan, when he, was he also thought schmedium was the actual size. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in on the court, by the way. Like the court design looks fucking awesome yes, that, for the that, for the that vice part person. is awesome. That's the nicest. 100%. one. That part's awesome. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I like. I, I've I've liked all the vice courts. They all look good. I I can't I can't complain. I mean, the organization does great. And to be honest, Alex, like, you know, I was talking to a friend, uh, and he was like, you know, like my kids will like that, right? Like his kids are gonna love. The, the vice jerseys like the, these new ones that's maybe we're not in the target demo you know what i mean guilty i mean look i'm because twitter doesn't like them like yeah. other nba twitter doesn't like it either well they're very polarizing like people either love them or hate them um and i mean i guess that's a good thing in itself you know like it's gonna be a, a big story uh they're not the worst ones no the 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 powder blue or the like the pink ones no i, don't no, like I disagree well, i think these are the, the worst talk ones. about the vice ones yeah yeah, I, I think oh, okay. the, I think these like out of the vice ones. Are my I think least these favorite. are the worst ones. Definitely, one hundred percent. I actually love, wow. I love the pink ones, and I was never able to get one because it was so like I feel like they only released those for a little bit, a limited stock, and that was like it. I don't think they expected people to like it. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, they were even scared pitching it to Pat Riley. I read the story on it. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, does this stuff does this stuff get on Pat's desk? I didn't know that. Uh, yes. Yes. They I did not know that Pat was involved in this decision making process. It's amazing. I'm I'll tweet it out. I'm pretty sure it was a Zach Lowe story actually. They have a meeting every single year to discuss the jerseys because that's something that Pat really cares about. And it's gotten to the point because the first vice jersey, he was like, "Okay." Then he started getting like kind of like concerned if it's wow. going to work. But by the time they got around to the pink ones, he said, "Look, just go with it. I trust you guys. They're obviously going to sell. If it was up to Pat, they would wear the red jerseys every single time. I mean, those jerseys are awesome. Yeah. No, the black, the black roads are the best. The black road jersey. That's that's my. I mean, that's the only one I own. I'm not a jersey person. I bought in 2005 at NBA City in Orlando. I bought a, a, a black road jersey. They did win the. They did win the 06 championship in the red. I think that's so why Pat is partial that. to him. Yeah. I think that they were they lost the first two games in the black and then they just did not go back to it that that series. Do you remember how good those 06 jerseys looked? What happened to oh, jerseys God. in general? Reebok I like the material. That was Reebok. Yeah, they, it was they Reebok. It was because it's good Reebok. As they used to. But those things were heavy. I mean, Dwayne Wade would sweat through I mean, I remember reading it. He would sweat through two of those. Dwayne, I mean, we've done the show before, but like Dwayne's on our all sweaty team. That dude, <laughs> that dude used to sweat a lot. Yeah. No, but that's probably yeah. part of his advantage. How do you think he was so slippery? It's really hard playing against like really just sweaty weaving, people. Yeah. You know, splitting. Like all of a sudden, you, you, th- you think all of a sudden you just glide off them unexpectedly and it's like the you know, throws you off. Yeah. 
<laughs> really helps with the spin move. Um, all right, so kind of kind of shifting gears here, kind of getting into the nitty gritty. Let's talk guards, mm. shall we? So, I, I guess I don't know if I want to start with Avery Bradley or, or Tyler Hero, but I, I guess if we're looking at that, those two starting guard spots, right? I think anything's up. Everything's pretty much up in the air, and like I think Jimmy's for sure a starter, and I think Bam for sure is a starter, and I think Mo Harkless is as close to a as for sure starter as can be, just because like how do you go? Actually, to, not even because it might even start Myers. Mo Harkless first. No, I'm, I'm 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 just saying like who are gonna be the like I'm I'm thinking of We're like the, about realistic the pictures options. of the starting yeah. lineup. No, but you're right because then they may, they may just go two bigs again and and, and just ditch the small. So like for sure, Jimmy and Bam are the starters, and I think everyone else is a question mark, and that even starts to guard. So like with Tyler Hero, for example, I think a lot of people expected him to make the leap starting. Um, I don't think you know what I mean. Like he showed a lot of ball handling chops in the bubble, especially in the playoffs. The shooting is obviously there, and you know playing off Jimmy and Bam, you know that's that's obviously great having the second ball handler there is good and i think it's i think it's not illogical to expect him to start you know over kendrick nunn who had that last season um i know that i per probably like him off the bench more i i kind of like him playing with goron and i, I kind of because I, I think none is most useful playing off of the other better guys and i know we've had this conversation a lot but uh chris i'm kind of curious as to where you stand on that um on what? I'm oh, sorry, I didn't hear the last on, part. On Tyler starting. Go on. Oh, on Tyler four. starting. Um, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of merit to it, especially early on. Um, you've got Goron, who's still. I mean, he's been telling the media that he feels good. You know, they've already had a few intense practices, and he says he's just. You know, he wakes up with a little soreness, nothing crazy. But I've got to imagine that they're going to be slow. No way, Goron and, starts. And, yeah, I can't. Or and I don't think they're going to play him a. T- ton of minutes early on like if it were up to me jimmy and goron wouldn't play until february but i know that's not going to happen but so but i I do hope that they kind of like limit how much they play them it's going to be a long quick season and there's probably going to be a lot of issues with injuries probably covid related i mean we have to be realistic about this we're watching the nfl drag its corpse across the finish line right now like you know it's it's going to be a complicated season. So I think there's a lot of merit to maybe just putting Tyler in that starting role. We know how Spo is. He does not like to change his rotations. Once he picks his rotations for the season, if he can go without changing them, that would be the best case scenario for him. He's a tinker though. I disagree with that. I know that he's a little stubborn, but I mean, he does really tinker. And especially in the playoffs, I think he's one of the coaches that's most flexible and changing stuff. I mean, let, I mean, we're not far removed from him in the bubble. You know, they just yanked Kendrick Nunn and they put Gordon in the starting lineup in the big three days. He was always changing. I think that maybe he got a bad reputation for that early on, in particular the Mike Bibby thing, playing Mike Bibby over Chalmers in the 11 finals. Um, but I think that he's been somebody who's been very um, willing to kind of change that lineup and stuff. Yeah, um, uh, I'm going to disagree 100% with you when it comes to the wow. regular season. Uh, you were talking about the playoffs, and I agree with you completely. He's a com- The playoffs are a different game. Like the regular season, Spo has always almost to a fault valued consistency in his rotations. And so it's going to be really important to see where that falls when the season starts. Cause I don't see him straying too far from that general structure. Maybe he'll, you know, take one guy, you know, 
take one guy out of the, the bench, put him in the starting lineup, take one guy who wasn't playing, put him onto the bench rotation. Maybe he'll do stuff like that, but I don't see him making big wholesale changes. Alex, I think the advantage that they have also is, and we talked, Kristen touched a little bit on, on like how weird the season's going to be and the COVID, and then we don't even know how many like back-to-backs they're going to have, right, to kind of get all this, this done quickly. But the Heat have probably four guys at guard between Nunn, Hero, Goran, and um, and Avery Bradley. I was like, I'm missing one. <laughs> that are starter quality guys, right? And if 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 they, you know, if COVID were to befall any of them, I don't think it's too tough. Like Avery Bradley, you know, of course, gives you the, the point of attack defense, and he's a he's a pretty decent spot up shooter. Can't do much else. You know, you have Kendrick Nunn, who's a good shooter, kind of a good offensive player, has has his warts, all that stuff. We know we know the deal on Tyler and Gordon, all that stuff. And I think that that's going to be like really helpful for them. Which is why I think that like having a, a young guy like Tyler giving him the reins is probably likely, even though if I, I'd rather not. But I, I think that there's going to be just a lot of like rotation and not a lot of, um, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to have a lot of consistency at that position, just given the way that the season probably could play. Right. Out. And and I I mean I totally agree. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit terrified of this season. And I don't mean that as, as any slight on this heat team, I'm more so concerned with what to expect with the whole COVID situation. And, uh, you know, I'm going to agree with you on, in this sense, Yanni, Uh, I don't, I'm good with Tyler starting. I do think he should be a starting shooting guard. Point guard is a little bit different. I think if he was a starting shooting guard and you were just worrying about offense, this guy can average 20 points right out of the gate. Like, I really think he's that type of score. But putting him at sh- at point guard from, from the jump, I I still kind of lean towards giving that nudge to, to Kendrick Nunn uh, and hopefully letting him kind of build up that trade value. Um, now, I like that angle. Th- well, I mean, let's be honest. We, we all know Kendrick Nunn is the piece that we're going to be using in any trade. You got to give him as many minutes as possible. And, and to Christian's point, early in the season, too, I'm with you, Christian. I don't want Goran, Jimmy, maybe even Bam for that matter. I don't want them maybe. getting heavy minutes until February. I, I was looking at the at the calendar today because I was thinking this quick turnaround is just going to be hamstring galore. Like we're going to see so many quick injuries. You guys realize it's been less than 60 days since the last time they played basketball. It was exactly 53 days ago. Poor Jimmy Butler. And that guy, every game that Jimmy played in the finals, Jimmy Butler, he's three on dates games. with freaking Selena Gomez right now. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's killing <laughs> I think, it. I think he's doing okay. Yeah. I saw that Jimmy once upon a time went on a date with Shape Mitchell. I'm like, damn, good for you, Jimmy Butler. Damn. Yes. Apparently, uh, Jimmy enjoys his milk. <laughs> what brand? <laughs> no brands. Uh, he, <laughs> you know, Alex, like. As as far as far as it's so fucking it's, it's inside. The stupidest bit. It's so inside. It's like that is like what Christian what Christian and I just did is like as inside Heat Twitter as you could get. And if you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us at MIA Heat, but you can follow me at Genavis103 at Brian's at by Brian Goins. Christian at I can be your hero, all one word. Alex, where can people follow you? So get used to your Twitter handle. Alex Musabai. There you go. So and we'll put Twitter all that handles in the be two words. It's one. <laughs> um, just say you. Never mind. Uh, so, kind of going back to Alex's point about the point guards, like 
this team doesn't really operate with a functioning point guard that is like triggering a bunch of pick and roll sets. Like Goran does that, right? Like Goran's a guy that they trust. Like, okay, Goran, we're going to give you the ball. We're going to go north-south. We're going to let you kind of like start triggering sets. Tyler does it some, but it's more secondary. I mean, their offense is through handoffs with Bam, right? That They do all that all that elbow stuff, all the dribble handoffs to kind of get their offense greased. And Jimmy going north-south, right? So Jimmy as, as a facilitator, as a point guard. So... Like any point guard, like that's why I say like this is not really a positional team. Like I, I don't even I don't even know like th- the point guard in a traditional sense. Like those responsibilities are kind of dead. And to be honest with you, they have been with the Heat in a long time. Even if you go back to the big three days, and even going to the 06 like title run. I mean, you know, even those guys like Jason Williams and, and Jason Terry, like it was Dwayne. Like yeah, and you know, in the finals run, they they took a step back. Ball handling duties went straight Those to Dwayne. Those guys were spot up shooters. They would sometimes bring the ball up. Dwayne would come off a pin down and then he'd work, right? Like, so I think this, and I think this team is going to be, what you got? Oh yeah, Chris has a Dwayne Wade uh, hung up on the wall. Like, like I, I, I thought we started talking about him. It's perfect. El, Forever. El cafecito. So like, I don't, I don't know if, you know, a, a guard on this team is going to have so much ball handling responsibility. I think they all, all the guards on the team have, are pretty competent ball handlers. Maybe Avery Bradley's not the best, but I mean, like they're, they're pretty competent ball handlers and, and the bulk of kind of initiating pick and roll sets are going to come from Jimmy. So I think the way you got to look at it for the starters is do I want like do I want Tyler shooting and secondary ball handling? Do I want Avery Bradley's defense? Or do I want, I mean, I don't really think there's an argument for Kendrick Nunn over Tyler Hero unless you're just going to say like me, I want that scoring off the bench because I feel like we're going to need some of that offense to help. Now, it's tough to have these conversations like very truncated because, you know, the the other starters also depend on how much shooting you have on the floor. Is Mo Harkless on the floor? Like all all that stuff kind of matters, but like... You know, I think you hope as a Heat fan and if you're in the front office and you're the coaching staff and if you're on the players, Tyler takes another leap as a ball handler, as a creator, as a guy who's getting to the rim. Now, I think his free throws went way up in the playoffs and and that showed and that's really good. And that's going to be like those are the kinds of improvements that you make. I think as a pull-up shooter, he could improve a little bit. I don't have the numbers. Maybe, Christian, if you can get those. I know that he struggled a lot against drop coverage, and I think that his pull-up numbers weren't as good as you might think, given what a good shooter he is. And the way that they run offense, you know, really would benefit a guy that can pull up, which is why Kendrick Nunn was getting a lot of looks that he liked. And I am uh, trying to find those stats right now. But yeah, I remember this coming up during the playoff run, and Tyler was not a great um jump shooter especially in the mid-range area when he was picking it up off the dribble and that's really what he would have needed to to really exploit drop coverage more often and he didn't really show that he could so that's definitely something that you got to hope that he adds to his game because you know that he's going to be very um he's always going to be looking for that mid-range shot he already showed it last season he just didn't convert it at a good enough rate if he if he can improve his efficiency from that part of the court that really opens up a lot of parts of his game and should actually help him score at the rim as well so like i don't want him to fall in love with that and i when i talk about pull-up stuff i mean even off the handoff and like you know i I think that the heat have really had a lot of diversity in where they set screens for for pick and roll guys so like you know you can bam can set really low screens but he can go really really high up right and i think that that's a a dimension to the offense that really helps because if you kind of set the screen up maybe a foot or two higher when you come off that screen and if a big is dropping now you have a cushion to shoot a three you're not really shooting for that long too 
And Miami oh, does Gianni, a lot of that. He shot 39% in the regular season uh, when shooting off the dribble, uh, 0.88 points per play, which is a little bit below, like, uh, it's 46 percentile. So, you know, pretty mediocre. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that also counts mid-range, by the way, so people don't think it's just three-point shooting like that. that and the... You know, you want to kind of get, you know, as good as a shooter as he is and given the amount of space that he can create, given the shot gravity and all that and the way bigs drop, I think that you want to be around 0.9, almost a point per possession, especially with the volume of threes that he takes. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's kind of the thing that you look at. And I don't I I mean, remember, he's a first year player and he's very young. Like this is not to criticize him. Right. That's a you know, he's so good considering how young he is. So like the next evolution of his game i think people oftentimes look to how people can add to their bag coming off the rookie season but i mean he just has so much in it that there's a lot to refine oh no absolutely i mean in the playoffs uh tyler hero was in the 67th percentile when it came to efficiency when creating out of the pick and roll and and that includes you know uh him passing the ball off and that player taking a shot attempt um and being in the top third of the league in in creation out of the pick and roll is obviously a, a direct gateway to being an impact player in this league. And then you add the fact that he was over the 50th percentile in both spot ups and handoffs like those are that's going to be huge for him always. If he can spread the floor, even if he doesn't end up being the main ball handler, he's going to be incredibly useful, especially with the energy that he plays with. I thought something they unlocked in the playoffs that they didn't do as much in the regular season is when they, you know, when they get into their pistol action and Jimmy Butler is screening on the low left side, right? Jimmy has a roller with the shooting threats of Duncan and Tyler. You know, if, if Tyler's going to get even better as a ball handler, right? So when, when Jimmy's kind of picking his guy off at the bottom there and then going to the rim, now all of a sudden you have all this movement. And then what's curling up top is not over, a, it's not only a threat to shoot. It's a threat to get to the basket. It's a threat to get fouled. And obviously the passing is what's going to come next to him. And that's going to be probably the hardest thing for him because of his size. And it's just, it's going to be tough. But I mean, with this shooting and his really tight handle, he's going to be able to create so much space. And I have no doubt that that stuff's going to come. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. I totally Absolutely. agree. Like, it's, it's, it's so... Yeah, I think your dog, like, your dog agrees ceiling. also. Melody's a big Are fan. <laughs> She's like, hell your dog, your, yeah. Your, your dog's in on the Tyler Hero experience. <laughs> Brian, what were you no, saying? I was just saying that dog agrees too. But also, did you guys listen to like Hero talk about like himself in terms of like him wanting to start and what he sees himself projected wise going forward, like his career? Because like I saw a little bit JJ of the JJ Reddick podcast. Pod, he was really, that was on like, the, the Reddit podcast. More introspective about like his development and something I learned from that pod, especially is like how quickly he picks up on learning new skills compared to most NBA players. Dude, look at his improvement from before the bubble and then during the bubble. And even in that, everybody, Brian, do you remember the shows we were doing when the first couple games, they had him doing a lot of on-ball reps and we're like, oh, wow, I do not like the way this looks. Do you yes. remember that? How quickly that turned? I know. I, I mean, honestly, that's one of the things that he was talking about. It's like he wants to be more of a playmaker on this team on top of obviously adding more repertoire, like more things into his offensive game. I mean, he, one of the things he was talking about, like he still kind of want, wants to do is some things that Duncan's really good at because he's more of a spot shooter and Duncan's more of that, you know, pin down, run off Motion. the screen and then, you know, dribble handoff action. So he wants to do more of that. But uh, the thing that I think that that's well, I think where he's the best thing used. That Tyler's really good at is, is him in the pick and roll. And that's something we saw a lot out of the bubble. And then from then on in the playoffs, that's where he basically 
contribute to a lot of Miami's offense and just initiating a lot of those sets. And it, it seems like what Tyler was saying and what JJ Redick was saying is like a lot of the coaches or trainers that he's had, and he's had a trainer since high school, apparently. I didn't even notice, but he had a trainer since high school, like since junior year. Anything he learns, he can pick up within like three or four like repetitions and he can almost like master it. Yeah. And he can almost master it right then and there. So like that clip we saw recently on IG of him doing like that Chris Paul spin behind the back move. He -hmm. learned that like that day and then he they actually like filmed him doing it. Yeah, it's a spin move right into a fadeaway. It's basically an unblockable shot. Uh, like it's and it's something yeah. Chris Paul's been doing for years. Or like him learning so- uh, another thing that we're talking about in the pod was like him learning how to shoot um more, like instead of he had to change his mechanics. Apparently, the shooting coach from Miami told him that he needs to like learn how to shoot on the way up rather on the way down because obviously like his, his short arms and everything like he can get blocked by a lot of these guys. And that was something he was able to like learn and master in his rookie year, which JJ Reddick said he didn't learn to do until like. Like now, <laughs> the best part. I love how JJ Reddick is interviewing the Heat shooters a lot. It sounds like JJ Reddick wants some culture in his life. Well, I was gonna say that the, there's there's two things from that interview that I love. First of all, I'm the biggest Tyler Hero fan in the world, and, it, and Christian will tell you. But, but like, that's that's my guy, Drip. I'm never gonna get rid of him. I love him, Tyler. If you're you listening, for belly shout deal? out. I will I not say, give him. How, how are you gonna feel? How you gonna feel being a Wizards fan in a couple well, months? Well, you know what? I, I, I'm I'm expecting it. And uh, <laughs> DC baby, <laughs> let's go. But what I was gonna say was my two favorite things were uh, JJ Reddick starting off the podcast saying like, "Man, we haven't talked Miami Heat in like two weeks. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, he is so into Heat culture. We'll be seeing him soon. I feel it." He's a do. He's a dookie. Oh, like we know that he used to be way. obsessed with. He's all huh? about the heat, and especially this last like playoff run. Like he just he fell in love with our squad. Honestly, like it might it might just be overkill, but having the three Duncan JJ and I'm not even like I'm not even joking. Like with Dun- with Duncan's extension coming up and everything, and like if these guys like if if Tyler and Duncan love JJ like that, and if he can bring them in to even just mentor. I think that might help keep those guys. Not that they'd leave anyway, but it might kind of help smooth over the cap numbers. If you know what I mean? Hundred percent. Did you see in that interview when JJ Redick was talking to Tyler? He's like, "How do you feel when guys go at you on defense every possession down the stretch?" And then you know, Tyler, you know, oh, it's because we're white and we have short arms. And I'm thinking, I don't know, it's because you guys are kind of bad at defense. <laughs> and then JJ's like, you know, uh, I get a stop, you know, four to five times. And then they'd go at me a sixth time. I was like, well, yeah, because like, why the fuck not? You're not going to get a seventh stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I thought that like, like what Tyler taking offense at LeBron rather go that him than Jay Crowder. I don't understand. Well, I got a little something for you guys to look out for. I can't tell you how I know this. But Tyler Hero yesterday was recording on the uh, Knuckleheads podcast, so be on the lookout for that too. He's been busy this week. Is that the is that the Quentin one Richardson with um, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, Q is we know Q is one of we my know. favorite Heat players. We know. Yeah, I know. I say that all the time. I'm a fucking Q Ritz lifer. I love. it. I'm changing my name right now on, on Zoom to Q Ritz lifer. <laughs> Green name. No, but uh, just speaking Q-Ritz. to like the general improvement that we've been talking about with him, I was just looking at the, his playoff splits. And he actually, and oh wait, hold on. Oh, this wasn't in order. Damn it. Bummer. I mean, the, the nice thing that, that was nice to see though, is that from the start of the regular season, obviously to the point that the season was postponed to 
picking it up again in August for the regular season, it was consistent growth for Tyler when it came to field goal percentage, when it came to assists, and when it came actually to assist to turnover percentage as well. So he's he's improving his efficiency, he's improving his creation with his teammates, and he's doing it more efficiently without turning the ball over as much. Like again, he's still he's still twenty right now, right? Yes, yes, sir. Like that's 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 crazy to think about. So it's it's going to be really exciting to see where he takes his game this season. Tyler Hero is younger than the game Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oof. That's crazy. Wait, what? Tyler Hero, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Melee for the Nintendo also GameCube. is is the sequel. It's not the original. Yeah, no, no. no. That's not Smash 64. Melee for the Nintendo GameCube, arguably the greatest video game ever made. Sorry, fam. Is older than Tyler Hero by a couple months. That's a pretty good nugget, you Gianni. Feel, I, that surprised me. You want to feel even older? Because there's this whole movement right now. It's like hashtag save melee because, like, you know, I'm a competitive melee player and I stream it on my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash was 103 You can check me out. I'm grinding my Roy on Unranked. And, you know, there's been a, there's been a movement lately because Nintendo's really trying to stick it to the competitive scene, even though we're grassroots. For 20 years, 20 years grassroots, we didn't need any developer support. So that, that's been, you know, everybody's talking about our 20-year-old game and all that. So what are you going to say, Alex? I was going to say, you want to feel even older? On that same podcast with J.J. Reddick, they do like this movie draft thing at the end, which is always great. Mm. But I was cracking up because the the concept or the, the topic was like characters from Miami. And the only character that Tyler Hero could name was Mike Lowry from Bad Boys. Every other character, honestly, every other character I, they talked about, I can't something either. about Mary, Scarface. He was like, I've never heard of these movies. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Scarface, but I know Scarface. But like, I, I can't I can't think of many movies that in my I mean, I'm, I'm 28. That might that might speak more to my movie. Yeah, I think it's more of a personal <laughs> like thing. My movie they, picked, they, they picked Dexter as um, J.J. Wright yeah, picked no, Dexter. It was terrible. That was a terrible, it was pick. terrible. Dexter was in Miami. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, oh, I, the yeah. More, I never thought the more the more I know. Um, okay, so kind of, kind of looking. Um, this became a Tyler Hero got podcast. All the Twitch verifications. Honestly. Uh <laughs> no, because I, I, Christian just, I, I, Christian just sent me a. Te- I guess Christian sent me a text half hour ago because we were trying to stream this and and log on to our Twitch account, but my two verification code wasn't working, and I just got a text from Chris, which pushed through all the other texts for my Twitch verifications. So oh, the text just go. came in. Just yeah, came in. This has been like half crazy. an hour later. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, and with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly. So you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short-term list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. 
try it with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you will be on in the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Perfect segue to talking about the newest Heat edition, Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley is an interesting one to me because... Their biggest thing last season, their biggest weakness was their defense at the point of attack. The defense with point guards, with guards in general. And the way that the Heat played for most of the regular season was with Myers Leonard and Bam Adebayo starting with Kendrick Nunn as their point guard. So when they put Myers and Nunn in a pick and roll, that does so much stress on both uh, on Myers, who is I don't think Myers is a bad drop big. I think he's mostly okay. It's not, you know, going to win any awards. I think he's fine positionally. He's long. You know, he's 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 great communicator. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that, you know, he's, he gets a little too much shit for his defense, especially in, in, in drop. I mean, in switch is a cipher, but in drop, I think he's, he's mostly fine. Kendrick and Goran were just turnstile, turnstiles. And, and it's not really Goran's fault at this point. It's old. Uh, Kendrick, my, my guy, you got to get better going around screens. Regardless, that was one of the biggest weaknesses of their defense, and they were routinely torched by Charlotte, by the Knicks, by Spencer Dinwiddie, by whoever the hell was handling the ball. Man, on the Spencer other team. Dinwiddie, that was an infuriating game. It's just everybody. I mean, the, the Knicks Nets back to back where they lost both was just. And then the last game against Charlotte, Devontae Graham is just fucking do whatever they want to them. And this was really before they really started doing all of all the switching, you know, the hard showing up like they, they, they really did a lot more in the playoffs. But during the regular season, you can't play that absurd style of defense. So I think we're going to see our fair share of drop stuff. And if you're dropping your bigs, right? So if, if there's a pick and roll and the big who comes to screen, his man is going to drop under to keep the ball handler kind of corralled in an area while the guard recovers off the screen. But when a guy like Kendrick Nunn is completely obliterated on the screen or Goran, you know, then it's just a one-on-one with Myers or Kelly Olenek and a fast guard because this league is littered with fast guards. And that would often happen is that they would get beat and then Jimmy and Bam or somebody has to help and the defense is all a whack. And that's partly why the Heat were bleeding threes from the corners. They were giving up a lot of threes from corners because that's where the help's coming from, right? You got to help off the shooters because you don't want to let any of that at the rim. Every Bradley fixes a lot of that. Great guy on ball is really great at getting over screens, avoiding screens. It's just getting your Jersey type of defender. Can't do much else, but he's really good at the one thing the heat were not good at. And I could see a world in which he's playing significant minutes. And I think that he can even be closing depending on how he's playing. And I think that's something that Spo does. Whoever's playing well at the time is going to close. I think that he's been pretty other than Jimmy and Bam, I think that, and, and yeah. everybody else is fair game, right? And not even not even Duncan is, is guaranteed to close at this point. So, 
You know, when you look at that, totally I think agree. that he's a guy that's really going to help them. I think he's also a guy they can switch, right? So when they do go into more switchy schemes, he's good for that as well. Um, I think that he's going to help them a lot. And I, and I think for the grind of the regular season, it's just really good to have a veteran, competent guy who can play defense like that. It's just going to help. It's going to help the young guys. I, I love the addition, uh, Alex. And like, I, I think that, I don't know if he starts. I, I, initially, I thought he might start. I don't know if that's how they're going to go, but I, I don't. He's going to. I think he'll probably even get more minutes than Kendrick Nunn at times. Could you start him with Hero and Duncan as your one, two, and three, and then put Jimmy at the four? Because I've seen that. Uh, no, that's I think a, that Jimmy's a lot of I've seen that. You're, you're, I think that's asking a lot of Jimmy in a shortened season. Ask him to guard fours. I mean, that's just not conducive to the sprint that's going to be this regular season. No, or hero. And carry one of the playmaking, too. I think that if like if that's the case, Brian, then it might be Duncan's not starting, right? And it might be Jimmy and then Bam slash Myers slash Markless. Damn, I don't, I don't know if I like, like the spacing list for Myers. Like, and I don't really, Duncan's not a guard, right? And we were talking about that, like, is Duncan a guard? Like, I, I think Duncan, Duncan would, is Duncan 6'8", six, 6'6"? Eight? Six, six? You cannot class up, I mean, these days when you're talking about player positions, it's way more important for defense than it is for offense because offense has become yeah. 100% positionless. So when you're talking about a guard, you're talking about who is going to defend a guard, like you could theoretic, if you wanted to, for the sake of an argument, you could slot LeBron James as a guard because he he can guard a guard. But you cannot put Duncan Robinson on a guard. No. So that's why you you have to classify him as a wing. He's guarding. Yeah, he's he's guarding other wings. But they'll probably play him on offense at the two a lot. Yes, correct. They, they can do that. So they can start. You know, Tyler Duncan, Jimmy Bam slash Meyer slash Mo Harkless, but would it really be a guard and if that's the case and i think that's probably the most likely starting lineup i think uh, I, I think that avery gets left out of that brian um but i think playing jimmy having jimmy defend fours i think is going to be tough because like you know it's a lot of kevin durant's and there's a lot of it'd be even having him guard jason tatum and you know pascal siakam and like, there's a lot in the conference well, then i guess the question is What's the two-man, because there's always going to be a two-man guard lineup off the bench, because there's either starting Hero Goran or none, plus. and then you would have to see heavy minutes definitely with Goran. So who who are you teaming Goran up with? That's, I think for that's, sure Bradley's going to play. Because like, I feel I, like I don't, Bradley I don't makes sense any, next to Goran. Uh, yeah, he does. And they brought him to play. Like, they're not going to bring him to not to play. I think that I none think, might be on the outside looking in on the rotation. If he does, especially if he does not start, I think if Tyler's starting, that's that's fucking big trouble for Kendrick Nunn's minutes because then all of a sudden Goran's your sixth man, you're bringing Avery Bradley with him, and then you know where are you finding minutes for a guy like him. Now, I don't know how often I don't remember how often they went three guards. I don't have the data in front of me. I don't really think this is a team that can go three guards. They did it a little bit in the playoffs, and it didn't go that well. That was out of necessity because they yeah. had all the injuries. Yeah, so like this, and, and that's a Spo favorite. I think it's a little different, you know, when you have differently when 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 you have kind of better defenders. You're, you're gonna burn like this those team three out guards. if you're any, running three any guard lineups in the Miami regular guards, season. They're just gonna get obliterated. No, on but defense. if you include Bradley in the mix, exactly. then maybe it could make sense. Yeah, but Bradley's and then the you would one, have to have you, what? what? So Bradley's guarding, and then up. you would have to have. You have to have Bam in those lineups for sure. I think something that Miami lost in Jay Crowder that we're going to talk about later is the ability that 
to guard up in, in weight and position and in size. And I think Miami doesn't have a lot of that right now. Especially they have KZ. small guards. They have small guards. They have yeah, free hashtag free KZ. No, it's a first to be free nothing. He's gonna be KZ in the rotation because I think he is gonna be the body replacement for Jay Crowder when they use him like that. They don't yeah, have that's guards a great point. that can do that though. Right. So if we're looking at the guards right now, like they don't like to do that three man stuff, they, I think I think maybe Avery can do it a little bit. But then, you know, the reason why you brought him here was not to guard, you know, threes and wings, right? You brought him here to defend point guards, right? So I don't I think as maybe as as cool as a three guard lineup may sound, I don't know if they have the juice on defense to survive. Because then at that point, you're also playing Jimmy at the four, right? If, if Jimmy's in those lineups, which then again, you, you're you're really put, not that Jimmy can't do it, but I mean that's you don't want to kill Jimmy. You got to save him for the playoffs. This team needs to survive. They have a lot of veterans and a lot of young players. It's a very weird mix. There's not a lot of in-betweens. You know, you have Jimmy and Goran really uh, toward, toward like the, the back half of their career. They don't really have a lot of guys like in, maybe Jimmy's at the back end of his prime. I don't even know what to call Jimmy. I mean, he, he's played the best basketball of his career last season. Yeah, so maybe actually, off about something that we that I'm not sure if we brought up when we talked about Avery is that I could actually see him being the one that gets slotted into into kind of like that Jay Crowder high minutes role at least in the regular season just because he opted out of the bubble he's one of the guys who has had what now like 10 months off like if there's anybody who's going to be a great candidate to run 35 minutes for just whatever reason Spo wants it's probably going to be Avery Bradley and it's probably going to make him feel better because having a good point of attack defender out there for that long is going to make things a lot more difficult on opposing teams especially compared to what they were used to last season so 36% shooter last season, 36% for his career. I, I'm like, I, I, I stress this a lot. Miami's really good at getting the most out of their shooters. And the, a big reason why I think that is, is in LA, Avery Bradley was a spot-up shooter. LeBron's operating in pick and roll. Him and AD, they're operating on their own, and they're going to get the swing passes. Miami runs offense a lot different. Miami runs a motion-based offense. And honestly, if you look at the big three numbers, guys were not having career shooting years here. Maybe the the elite guys like Shane and Ray, but for the most part, the other guys weren't really having their best shooting seasons ever. And if you look at the numbers, that'll bear out. But recently, Eric's gone to a more motion-based offense. It's a lot of off-ball screening. It's a lot of motion. And even if you're not like Duncan that you're always moving, you're always involved, whether you're screening for the pin down, whether you're screening for the horn sets, whether you're in the dribble handoff or not. And I think that motion really helps get guys in rhythm because when you're just standing on the wing or in the corner waiting for a shot, you know, you, you get cold. And not everybody can be P.J. Tucker or Shane Battier or Ray Allen or these kinds of like really special shooters. I mean, I think getting Avery involved, getting him moving, getting him, you know, when you get to touch the ball a lot and when you're involved in plays and when you're moving and Miami doesn't have like the super ball dominant person anyway. They don't have a Westbrook or a Harden or a LeBron, right? It's a very, everybody really gets to be involved in the offense. And I genuinely really believe that that's going to help guys shooting. So I wouldn't be surprised if Avery gets at 36 to 38. And that makes a huge difference, especially a guy that that's strong, that's going to be screening for other really good fucking shooters that they're scared of. Right? So if Duncan's coming off that screen, if they go a guard on the pin down to screen for Duncan, or if they're like having the guard screen for the pistol set instead of Jimmy, right? No, now teams have to make a lot of decisions. 
and Avery's going to get a lot better looks. And I really like that for him. And I think that he's going to surprise some people with the percentage and the volume in which he'll shoot. I think so. Like I mean, I, I, I think this is going to be a great test case for not exactly unless somebody gets injured. Doing, if you want to call it heat <laughs> culture, you know, it's what the Heat have been doing really ever since LeBron left is finding these guys that either you know went undrafted, were casted aside. You know, they bring them in, they put them through the grinder, they get them with whatever shooting coaches they have that have been doing some incredible work lately, and they get the most out of these guys. So, like, especially somebody that's really just been kind of overlooked, you know, in terms of. Uh, who they added this off season. I know there weren't many, but mm-hmm. I think Avery Bradley might end up being a bigger impact player than a lot of people think. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts also. Like, I think that's the other wild card here. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Spoza says, fuck it. We're going Avery Bradley plus who other guard. And that's our starter. I want this. I want, I want him. I want him defending. I want him out there. I want him helping. I want to, you know, like I, that does not surprise me. Could you see him closing? Cause the Cause bench has a lot of better leadership already. Starting. I can see him. I can see him both, and, and they have like I think with between Goron and Ko, right, and, and Andre, they have a lot of veterans coming off the bench to really help stabilize, right? Like I don't, I don't know if they need him for that. I think in the starting lineup, it's a little younger, and I think he'll help. Yeah, obviously, you have Jimmy there, and, and Bam's, you know, as young as Bam is. I mean, he's he's a fat. He's an old soul. Yeah. Do we think that Gabe Vincent has any chance to crack the rotation? Probably not. I mean, because of COVID. Because of COVID, they're going to need every body that they can have. And if Gabe Vincent is ready, then so be it. And like I said, their motion offense is going to make it easy for a guy like him to step in and at least contribute on offense. I don't know about defensively. Um, But I I think that this is going to be a really weird... Like, we don't know, right? So I was listening to House of Strauss. Uh, uh, Ethan had Amin Al-Hassan on. I thought it was interesting. Amin was talking about how you know people assumed that just because the NBA is operating this season that it's going to come with fewer hiccups than the NFL who's you know upside down with their COVID cases right and you know I think largely I think we all agree with that that the NBA is just a more careful better run organization than the NFL right especially with with matters like this like COVID right I think we trust Adam Silver a lot more than we trust Adam Gase and I think we just trust the NBA in general you say Adam Gase and not Roger could you go any more polar opposites I mean come on did you just say Adam Gase I said Adam Silver did I say Adam Gase you you said said Adam Gase oh did I you compared Adam Silver to Adam Adam Gase yeah oh shit my bad you went polar like total polar I also love the idea that Adam Gase is in charge of the NFL's COVID response because it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Yeah, Adam G- uh, Goodell. No, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell. Adam Goodell. What's going on with me? Bad. Please. Just, so uh, Amin is talking about all this, right? And and he's also, you know, and then he's also saying, you know, the Ravens, you know, were hit with this giant uh, outbreak. Do you guys know who patient zero of that outbreak was? Wasn't it Lamar Jackson? No, it was it was no, before that. Who was it? It was oh. a staffer. Of course it was. A staffer oh. in the organization. Of course it right? was. Right? And I think that you can't control everybody. And if one motherfucker in your office gets it. Yo, I'm nervous because I've been seeing some of these promotional materials, right? Like the heater putting out. And I'm seeing mm-hmm. Pat Riley like watching these practices. I'm like, Pat, what are you doing? the safest place to be I think is with the players in front of COVID to save Pat 
I I think I think with Pat the safest place to be is with the players. I think that they're taking care well, of. The themselves. safest place for him is to stay in his Malibu home. I mean, yeah, yeah for real. Oh, well, that's a stay-at-home order in California. So I was gonna say, if if, if Riley gets COVID, I feel bad for COVID. <laughs> it's gonna take a massive out. It better drop the rings can... on that. <laughs> yeah, man, you you know his immune system is gonna kick the shit out of that virus. Yep. It's tough, and I think like this season is going to be really weird for a lot of reasons. And I think that you know, not even the playing in empty gyms and all that. It's going to be like there's going to be a day that we wake up and you know, somebody that's important is hey, I'm positive for COVID, and Listen, they're not going to be available for a game that matters or a road not, trip not that just matters. A game. It's going to be this like is not the yeah, bubble situation. They're they're yeah. going to be. This is not the remember. You know, I remember when we started the bubble, and it was like. I think some of us even thought there's going to be cases and we have to be okay with that. Do you remember that? Absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely. This is like legit though. Oh, no, there's no. going to be mean, cases. I, I was a major egg on my face. I thought it was going to blow up in their faces. Oh, we all did too. I, I, I we here saying this podcast is a bad like, idea. I was like, you think all these like millionaire, multi-millionaire NBA players that are used to doing whatever the hell they want are going to just chill in a bubble and drink like Miller Light and stuff like that? Like you really think that's what's going to happen? Jimmy did. I mean, Michelob. I believe it's Michelob. Oh, that's Michelob. Right. Sorry, yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was I was blown away. So it's like, I mean, who am I to criticize what they're planning to do? It's like, different now. It's different, and it's not even. And I'm not even putting it on the players. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to trainers, you know, staff. You know, you don't, you don't G, know. She makes a great point because like, your, like you at don't, the bubble, you know, they limited the amount of people they could bring into the bubble on those teams. I know. They had to like make a serious, Christian. like they had to cut a lot of people that normally would be at these games who just couldn't go in the heat. Everyone has to go to the grocery store. Everybody has like, trainers. To I don't think could go for a while. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know where these people have been. And like, I think, that, and and like, it, it's again, I don't think it's anybody's fault if you get the virus. Sometimes you get the virus doing nothing. Sometimes you get the virus going to the fucking grocery store. Sometimes you get the virus putting gas because you didn't, you know what I mean? And like, that's also why it's like people that feel a hundred percent confident that they know who they got the virus from. Like, unless you're like living with someone and you're exposed to them for like six to eight hours a day. Like, I think it's kind of ridiculous to make that assumption just because someone you may have come across had it. You could have bumped by somebody at the supermarket, like you were saying, and you got it from them. Like, you the odds are small, know. but you never freaking just know. Just touch the wrong door like, handle and you got the Rona. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you can't, it's crazy. And they say, like, you know, you wear the mask and there's like, you know, a 98% chance that you don't get it. I mean, there's a 2% that you exactly. do. Exactly. And that's what nobody talks about is the 2%. That don't. I mean, and that's fine. And that doesn't, that doesn't, like, that doesn't make it like your fault or anything. It's just, it's just a reality that we're going to have to live with in the NBA for this season. I mean, all the other leagues have got to go through it, right? And this is not an outside league, right? This is not, you know, the EPL, which has largely been pretty okay with it. Which, by the like, way, um, I, I, did we talk about how the Heat announced that at least to start the season, there's going to be no fans? Yeah. Good. No, I, 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 was there Good any the assumption heat. otherwise? Uh, I mean, I was honestly curious because, you know, they're, they're still charging season expect. ticket holders and they haven't I mean, the really fees, said anything. But the, the South Florida numbers are just fucking abominable. No, no, no it's a terrible abominable. idea. Abominable. Like, unless there's an amazing plan and it's super limited, the amount of people go, like, it's indoors. That's why basketball, like, the, the EPL is all outside. Like, that's... Would you go? No, but the EPL doesn't have fans. I'm saying, like, the players, like, you know... 
barely have not. Oh, they really don't have got- fans. Oh, I, I thought maybe yeah, they, had, no, no, they had fans no. already. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, no. Even, look, even outside, they're not doing fans. Like, no, how many people have fans are like you know? just football right now? The NFL, yeah. I mean, at the same time, this is America, yeah. so you never know. But I mean, I'm sure that the goal is to have fans at the yeah. end of the I mean, season. By then, maybe the vaccine will be out more in a limited public. capacity. I mean, well, I think that's why they left I mean, it open ended, right? Well, I'm pretty sure that I read that the Orlando Magic are going to have limited yeah, capacity fans for the regular season opener. Rest in peace. And then see, like that to me, that's insane. And that's like you know, you're putting you're putting your players at risk too. Like now, all of a sudden, yeah, you know. I mean, Christian, you know more about air conditioning. How dangerous is that air circulation? I mean, that's that's what's getting everybody sick. Is everybody being in bars and restaurants and it not being there? No big. You, you need to have fresh air going through the, the space so that the air actually circulates. Like what an air conditioning system does is it just pushes the same air through different rooms and it cools it, which is nice. And it removes the, <laughs> the humidity, which is nice. But it's the same fucking air unless you have really good filtration or like a UV light, you know, UV light that can, you know, deactivate the particles in the air when it comes to viruses, mold, you know, other pollutants and stuff like that. So he beat has you. Pat Riley, are you hearing air this? Con- <laughs> Chris is a Pat Riley of air conditioning information. I mean, if uh, if you need UV lights, uh, you know, go to www.refercenter.com. Net. Oh my God! I said the website wrong, Gianni. I need you to fix. It. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, rewind, rewind. <laughs> Write that down, Brian. Christian walks into a room and just drops air filters on the no, table the like Pat time, Riley does I, I, with the I rings. I don't want people going to the website just because we only are AC supposed Bay. to. We sell to contractors, so it's like, <laughs> go find a contractor and have them install a UV light, and hopefully we get the sale. So, like, you know, the the, season, the guard depth for them is going to be important. It's going to it's a weird season, and like all <laughs> this to say, all this to say, yes, Gabe Vincent, Gabe Vincent might crack the rotation. Yes, yes, he might. He just might. Well, okay, what were we actually talking about? Gabe Vincent cracking the rotation. Oh, okay, yeah, that's how. Yeah, yeah. so all, all this, Natural all this to answer with. your question. Yes, Gabe Vincent might crack the rotation. Yeah, I would love to see, you know, a little more spacing out there, especially since you don't want guys like Duncan and Tyler playing huge. You don't want anybody playing huge minutes. So, yeah, you got to be flexible with the roster. I like it. The next thing we got to talk about, next order of business, we've already talked a little bit about him. It's Kendrick Nunn. And Kendrick's a weird case because Kendrick was first team all rookie, second leading vote getter for rookie of the year. And he might be the most unpopular good young player that a fan base has. Uh, He's polarizing. He's weird. Fans are sick of him already. Uh, The most popular trade machine option for the entire offseason was Kendrick Nunn plus Kelly Olenek plus number 20. That was it. That was what we had. It was like, can that get you Oladipo? Can that get you this? Can that get you that? Like that was the that was the package. That was every everything in the trade machine was KO plus Nunn plus 20. Um I think that playing him is important for what Alex said at the top. You got to get his value up. I think that, you know, he does some stuff well. He's a good pull-up shooter. I think he's quick. I think he can get to the rim. I think that his passing improved a lot. And I know that at some point during this podcast, we called him the Hassan Whiteside of guards. Um, And he really really changed that narrative. (laughs) That is, that's kind of mean. 
It's also very funny. It's really, it's really funny, but I think it's unfair. <laughs> like he's not. Do you remember how bad they used to be? And honestly, and this is also giving Hassan a little bit of credit that he got better at it as oh, yeah. time in Miami went. But I think by the time by his and last could season, could you get here, any worse? Wasn't he averaging like almost two assists a game or something like no that? No way, it was never that high. Oh, no, I think I'm gonna had, check. I'm gonna it, check. I'm looking it might have been like 0.7. No, I think he got to like 1.5. No, or something no way. Like that. No Didn't way he got above one. He was I don't definitely- think he ever cracked. Hold on, wait a second, wait a second. Dude, 1.2! Oh, no, that no. last season, the career high in Miami, his okay, career no. high was... He got to one. He I got like, to one. I feel like he had a few months where he averaged like one and a half, and I just, I remember it was noteworthy. Do you remember that whenever Hassan would make like an assist, we would all like yell assist on the timeline in unison? But bro, it was like a blue moon. Like, it was like a lunar eclipse. Like, how could it was you... A, it was a social happening. Yeah, right? Like, it was an event. Like... <laughs> this is an event town, baby. And the I mean, event is how, how, how side crazy is it that Hassan's triple doubles were just as rare, if not less rare than when he would get two or more assists. Like how oh, crazy, crazy is that? Like, Honestly, if you had to bet, is Hassan going to get four assists or a triple double? I would bet triple double. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Like if I had to bet, like if that was a prop bet, I, I, I'd bet on the triple double. So Kendrick, Kendrick got better at moving the ball at the vision and the pick and roll. I thought that he is very tunnel vision in the beginning. He got, he got a lot better at that. And I think that, you know, that, that stuff's going to be the natural progression. I think if he can improve on defense, that's going to help a lot. I think that judging his playoff performance is fair and unfair, unfair because of the COVID that he got. And he really never got to get in a rhythm. And I think with a proper training camp, he it, it might have been different. The training camp and, took and like, three weeks before he can really get into some sort of a rhythm. It sucks. It, it was tough. And like, I wasn't the biggest Kendrick Nunn fan at all. I wasn't. And I think that, you know, he makes bad decisions. I think that foul on the fast break in the Celtic series that caused me to say, I never want to watch this guy play with the heat from ever again. He's, he just does boneheaded shit sometimes. Right? I love Which how is- that's what got you. And it wasn't the fact that he kept taking that off the dribble 18 footer and hitting the front rim for like, <laughs> he must've done it 20 times in the playoffs. Like that's, that was the most I'm, frustrating I'm okay point of the, the playoffs. Pacers game. See, he like, just missed okay like 20 shots. Like, especially in the Bucks series, you know, the Bucks are going to give you that cushion. And I think he has to take it. I think if he's out there, if he's not taking it, then what the fuck is he there for? Right? So, like, I, did, I wasn't mad that he was missing. I got mad when he would fucking frustration foul and, and give a, a Celtics an, an and one in a tight game. That shit bothered me. I fucking started screaming. I'm not a screamer when I watch sports. You know what I mean? I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill. Kristen, you've watched games with me. You know what I mean? Like, unless I'm like trying to have fun. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty chill guy. I'm looking at numbers. I'm pulling up PBB stats. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm having a good time. Confirming your biases. All the time. And if I, and if it's not confirmed, I don't tweet it. <laughs> That's the move. Sometimes I'm like, man, this I've I've always wanted to see this lineup. Finally, I this must be killing it. Check the stats. That's just like minus fifty per hundred. Nope, never mind. I'll keep that to myself. And it was brutal, man. She shot thirty nine percent from the field and twenty seven percent from three in the playoffs. Those are Joe Johnson playoff numbers. I mean, like the thing with Kendrick too is that it's, okay. It's, let's let's go back to the best form that we saw of Kendrick. His best form is. A guy Pre-season. you can count on to score and score efficiently. So if he's not making jumpers, like I just don't see the the point of him being on the court unless he can really improve his defense. And I think he showed some flashes 
for how bad his offense was like in the, in the bubble regular season and playoffs, he showed some decent flashes on the defensive end. So if he can improve there, he'll have a better shot of maintaining some minutes in the rotation. Alex, I see you nodding. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree, Christian. I do think he's going to be a better defensive player this year. I also, I'm not judging him at all by what happened in the bubble. That was, you know, I'm putting that all on COVID. I saw enough in the regular season to believe that the bubble was more so just, you know, COVID related. So I do personally still hold out hope for Kendrick Nunn. I see where he can help us, especially early in the season when, you know, we're looking for guys to, to really carry the load while, you know, Jimmy and Gore and, and all these other guys kind of find their way back. Um, and, and like I said, at the top, more than anything, we got to get his trade value back up, you know? <laughs> and uh, I'm not trying to be mean because I do. I am a kind of a Kendrick Nunn fan. I'll always root for the underdog. But more than anything, I want to make sure that we can get something good for him. So let's start him so he doesn't fall out of the rotation. Uh, and I do think that there is still room for growth there. Like, I, I think he's a serviceable point guard and i and i think that he could be you know a really good offensive weapon for any team in, including ours but more than anything let's just get that trade value up i would say do you think kendrick and kelly olenic are like gonna be like just trying to become like fast friends because you know that they're getting packaged somewhere together oh yeah they should just start sitting next to each other on the plane like for the out for the entire year just yeah, get used to that. like they don't have to be like best friends but just build some rapport if they haven't yeah. already because like Kawhi and danny green <laughs> figure out which one's going to have the window, which one's going to have the aisle. I think on, a slight, that's a slightly different situation, Gianni. But yes, it's more or less sad, the same. Sad, for, sad Kawhi lost a friend. Danny Green and him lived in the same city their entire career. Because even though they went to different L.A. teams, they were in L.A. Tough tough for Kawhi that Danny Green got traded. I mean, can't match Kawhi has a lot of friends. We need, we need like a Tobias you know, and, and ever... uh, Marjanovic connection. <laughs> what are you saying, Chris? Has Brian I just say, interjected he, with Sixer talk? Yeah, uh, I love how Danny Green like went from like one of the most feared three-point shooters to everybody joking about him constantly meme. putting up bricks. But the funniest thing to me is that anytime somebody brings up Danny Green, the first thing that always comes up for me is him taking a selfie at the Holocaust Memorial. Oh my god, that shit was so funny. <laughs> because it was like, the that, most inappropriate selfie I've that, ever seen that in my was life. One of the most flagrantly wild things I had ever seen on the internet. <laughs> Doesn't and he like, say like, you know, I had to take one or yeah, something like, you know, like that? It's like, you know, I had to do it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like it was. It's like a oh, no, meme. It's like you really don't have to, Danny. You really don't have to. Google this picture. Graves in the background, like. He's like he's taking a high angle selfie and he look he's making a weird face. It's like Danny Green, what are you doing? Like that is some of the. <laughs> I think he also did I've it at the nine eleven memorial. Get out of here! No, I think he did it again. No way! I think he did it again. I'm gonna I'm gonna double check. Danny Green nine eleven. What a, what a guy! Where is he now? He got traded, didn't he? He's uh he's on no, the he's Thunder on the Sixers. Huh. He's on the Sixers. Oh, that's a good get for them. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, the six. I feel like the Sixers are going to be a problem. I tell least, you, the Sixers got better. Yeah, they did. They they, did. they they needed to put any shooters they could find on this yeah. planet that can actually shoot well and surround Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid with them. Shout and out Daryl Morey. He had a good offseason. He did. He got he got Seth Curry. He got Danny Green. Uh, I feel like I think he drafted a shooter or something like that. Oh no, no, they they drafted Maxi, yep. didn't they? Yes. Right after us. Yeah. 
that's gonna be interesting to see how that how that plays so out. So I have I have a Danny Green update. So he has apologized for the comments and the caption was, you know I had to do it one time, lol. Hashtag Holocaust. Hashtag Holocaust. Like it's just so and I feel bad laughing. It's just so flagrantly inappropriate by Danny Green. Oh my god. It's a weird thing for the greatest transition defender in the history of the NBA to do that. You remember when he would strip LeBron mid-flight? Remember when he got blocked by Bosch? You guys remember? <laughs> remember when Gianni called Roger Goodell Adam Gase? <laughs> <laughs> remember when Adam Gase was a Miami Dolphins coach? No. <laughs> Man, listen, it's been, uh, we haven't done a show since uh, it's been a while. You know, we're uh, we're getting we're getting our sea legs under us. Uh, yeah, and I like I. I'm in on Kendrick, you know, hopefully being a better defender. I think that that's the next natural progression. I think that, you know, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit, Alex, to what you were saying. Like, I think the bubble was the worst version of Kendrick Nunn, right? Like, that's just how bad it could be, right? Because it was just all his warts at once, right? Which is an unfair way to look at somebody, but that's just the low end. That's that's as bad as it gets when his jumper is not falling and all his useless habits of being bad on defense and on his shitty decision making and all that stuff, right? Like, but he could also be a really good player like he was in the beginning of the season where he's hitting every jumper, he's getting to the rim, he's dunking, he's hitting threes, it's a really good spot up shooter, right? It's like there's, there's, we've seen the two extremes of Kendrick Nunn when, when in reality it's somewhere in the middle. And I think that playing him is going to be tricky. He'll obviously get reps because it's going to be a weird season and guys are going to get hurt. There's going to be COVID and blah, blah, blah. So do you remember it's when going to be he weird, scored but I, 50 points? He scored 40 in a preseason game. Wasn't no, that like 50? It's like it was a 50. It was almost 50. It was 40. I was at that, I was at that game. It was I against the Rockets, I remember. How many like, vodka tonics were you in? I don't know. It's tequila, but yes. Actually, tequila. I think it was against the Hawks because I think I was he at that game as well. 38, I think, in that game. It was like, that was a game where like, I he had Chris and I went to a Heat Duncan Hawks Robinson game. Duncan had like 10 threes. Jimmy Butler had a triple-double and Bam had like a double-double of 30 points. Damn, they he don't did have, not have 50 points. They don't have a preseason. No, none scored You know, because it was in the preseason, I remember. No, he had a 40-point yeah. game in the preseason. So... I, Kristen, I remember you and I were, were at a we're at a Heat Hawks game, and we were we were just like we were just really happy that the Heat had a guy who can create. A, we were like you were several tequilas, and I was several gin and tonics, in, and we were just like, wow, the Heat have a guy that can just go to the rim whenever he wants again. That's nice. And Jimmy Butler, it just feels nice. Oh no, absolutely! Like you need it though. Like it's, if you want to run any halfway never- decent offense like these days, you gotta have somebody that's gonna collapse a defense. <laughs> So moving on to our last guard on the list. I mean, we have uh, we have Vincent and we have other players that so we'll, we maybe we'll sprinkle in at the very end. But the, the last of the big guys is Goran Dragic, coming up, Gogi, Heat Lifer, tried to play through the planter fashion to pop in the finals last season. Uh, if Goran doesn't get hurt, Heat are likely holding a trophy. Uh, there I said it. And. You know, I think we've talked a little bit about him already. I think it's it's pretty we're pretty sure he's it's going to be a, a bench role, and I, honestly, I don't really see much changing for him. You know, I think we know what he does well: offensive spark plug off the bench. You know, it can close games for you. It's an incredible shooter off the dribble, um, spot up. You know, good screener, 
does everything on offense that you need. Just fucking beast getting to the rim. And I think in that Celtic series, you saw when shit went haywire, that guy was keeping you in games when nothing else was working. I think he's a guy that not only Jimmy trusts, but the everybody in the organization on the team trust, uh, the, the, just the leadership. I, I'll sp- like spill out and go on forever, but I just think like, he's just so fucking good offensively. And like, you know, he was playing out of his mind in the playoffs, but I think, you know, even in the regular season, you know, that guy coming off the bench, leading your second unit, Getting some Bam in him. I think that a big thing with him is going to be getting him a lot more minutes with Bam so he can really work on that pick and roll because that that North-South game with Bam was just fucking fantastic in the playoffs. And I don't... He don't really have, you know... We're, we're going to see what Precious is, but, you know, he don't really have another, you know, reliable role target for him uh, on the bench. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, they have more kind of spread and spray shooters rather than pick and roll guys. So that's kind of the only thing, but I mean, I, I think it's going to be Christian business as usual for Goran. I mean, I, I would freeze him in carbonite and break <laughs> him out in the playoffs. I'm, but I'm dead serious. Like the, the, the heat ceiling is directly tied to him and it was proven last playoffs. He is, he has a wide array of ways that he can attack a defense. And he's shown that with age, he's just getting better at getting to his spots and making things difficult. Like he does things where it's like, it doesn't matter. Even if you are playing good defense, he gets to where he wants to go. And and he typically, you know, shoots at a very high percentage, especially when it comes to driving and getting to the rim, when it comes to getting those, you know, spot up looks, you know, when it comes to creating out of the pick and roll, especially he was really showing off his lob game last season. Like, do you remember when he first came to the heat, there was so many complaints on heat Twitter because he was not like Dwayne. He wasn't, you know, creating for the bigs like Dwayne was, you know, and that part of his bounce pass for them. Yeah, exactly. And now he's developed an incredible floater that he was putting to work with bam with Derek Jones. Like, you know, obviously he's going to, I guess this season, maybe we'll get some precious lobs. I would love to see some precious lobs with Goron, but he is what makes this team go, especially when you pair him with the team's two best KZ. players. KZ lobs. I, I, would, I would, KZ lobs. Exactly. Like I, Christian. I would, I would freeze him in carbonite. I've been playing a star Wars game. I would freeze him. <laughs> so, you know, Goran's play, you know, and this is this is strictly his numbers shooting from two point percentage. When he first got to the Heat, he shot 50, 55% from two. Then his next season, he shot 52% from two. This is just strictly from two point range. So the floaters, the layups, all that stuff. And then the numbers are declining 49%, 48%, 45%. Then last year, got back up to 50% from two. And that to me tells me what you're saying. The floater game has improved. His finishing around the rim has improved. He's found new life. He's found new youth. Part of that is playing off the bench, right? You're not playing against starters and that's going to help your body. And we saw in the playoffs, he's very capable of doing that to starters. Uh, he's, He's incredible. And I think that last season was legit a revival for him those numbers were declining and they were declining sharply as i just showed you and the three-point shooting was up as well right almost at 37 percent off his career high attempts 5.7 almost six you know what i mean so you love to see that kind of development and you can see the vision in his game and kind of how it's worked and, and it really went worked in the playoffs they're gonna have a lot to work with with him and i think that as long as he you know 
They manage his minutes correctly, which I think that Eric Spolster has done a magnificent job of. You know, he'll be ready for the postseason. And I mean, it's tough because we're not doctors and we're not going to see how the injury looks, right? But I mean, by all accounts, from what I understand, it's not supposed to be an injury that's going to really harm him long term. No, yeah, it was. It's an injury that just needed rest, and so he he really should be fine. I mean, you never know. Everybody's body reacts differently, and we're going to find out. Um, obviously, you know, he's getting older. So, I mean, if, if the numbers decline a little bit, but I mean, I thought last season, Alex, you know, that he really tapped into something, you know, him as really their third guy, you know, sometimes even their, their second or, or first guy, like, especially on offense, you know, they, the heat last season, everything kind of went right for them. They got the right play from a lot of guys. Nobody really had an outlier performance, but everybody knew their role and everybody had their thing. We kind of, like Christian said, we know what their ceiling is when that guy is playing at an all-star level, you know, they have enough. It's just to see, like, any can Gorn replicate that? Because they didn't really add any, like, significant difference makers, especially for the playoffs and down the stretch. So it, it's if Gorn can maintain that level that he had last season, and if Bam can take a leap, and if Tyler can take a leap, and if Jimmy can maintain his same level, maybe even get a little bit better as a shooter, they have some shit going. Plus, Duncan. Don't forget uh, Duncan. A breaking update. Apparently, what? Bam is sponsored by Pandora Jewelry. Hey. Look at that. Good for, Bam. for his mom. Look, good, look at that. Hey, he just tweeted it. It's like a whole long commercial. Good for him. Yeah, no, I hope he's getting sponsorship. I got sponsored by some basketball company. Like an, like a, let's see what it was. It looked interesting. It was like a high-tech basketball company. <laughs> it Was he sponsored no. by Let It Fly? Yeah, no, I I enjoyed that. Mike Miller thing. Uh, I, I know. So, I, know I, I get it. Gets that's, that that's, that's Mike Miller. Yeah, it's Mike Miller. No, he's sponsored. Yeah, that by sounds about right. SIQ Basketball. They're debuting a new yep. smart regulation that, size right basketball. on brand for him. <laughs> so, um, uh, Gianni, did we cover everybody? I mean, unless you guys wanted to kind of get to the. Get to the the nuke. I know Alex wanted to talk a little bit about the nuke. Alex just wants Um, his pizza. Yeah, I kind of do. It's like six minutes away. I'm tracking it. Wait, who's Um, who's the new kid? Max Struss. Oh, oh, Max Struss. Correct. Right. It's gonna be the hidden gem of this heat season. Actually, always find one. I really I don't know anything, but I watched his YouTube video today and I got really excited. Yeah, he's coming off a torn ACL, so let's see if he can even like. I'm less so excited. He, he played for Chicago, like two games, barely played any minutes in those games. I don't think you can think he made it through in those games. And then he played a lot in the G League, and then he got hurt in the G League back in December, late December. He looks like he so kills. So he's, uh, he's been rehabbing since late December. So it's almost a year removed from that injury. I'm okay. sorry, Johnny. He looks like he kills what? He kills it at he LA does. Fitness. I'm so glad that that's where you went with that. <laughs> what is this? I have no idea what you were going to say. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.